Hey, Fletch, have you seen Garrett? Yeah, uh, I know he was working on that other show, and the last I heard, he started some kind of app to get in shape like Common Rider. And that was about two days ago he was talking about pull-ups, and I haven't seen him since. Oh. Well, we were supposed to record. Do you think he's done with his exercise regime? I don't know, but if he's not dead, he's probably going to be swole as hell. Oh my god, yeah. Well, do you want to record the podcast with me? I can think of nothing that would be a worse idea, so let's do this. (laughs) Alright, sounds good. Welcome to Going Digital, colon, a Digimon Rewatch podcast, where I am Kit Kat. And I'm Shin Garrett. Don't worry, no, I'll be in not. character all episode. <laughs> well, you already sound too cheerful. <laughs> Toku. There you go, that's better. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about um, episode 20 of uh, Adventure 02. And Atmon. Yay. Yes, and that would be, in the case of O2, The Darkness Before Dawn, or Transcendent Evolution, Golden Magnumon. Chosetsu Shinka, Ogan no Magnumon. Awesome. That is awesome. You're way better than that little Japanese girl that we have do it usually. (laughs) She must be trapped in Garrett's closet. I also don't need to be paid as much. This is true. Um, okay, so I could recap this episode for us if that sounds like a good idea. That does sound like a good idea. I guess that means I'm going to ask, did you see, did you hear, did you tell me what just happened in 60 seconds? I will. Uh, so in this episode, um, they go to the digital world and they realize that the Chimera Mon is completely torching everything and um, they want to get into... Uh, Ken's Death Star, and so very oddly shaped Death Star, and then they set it on fire, and then they get inside and they um, steal, with the help of Wormmon, the energy source, which turns out to be a golden digi-egg, which Davis gets despite the fact he does not deserve it, and then they kick butt. That was pretty good, only 30 seconds. Hey, hey. Well, it's not like I do this every week. (laughs) That's true. Let's see how rusty I am when it comes time to do this for Atmon. So what did you think of the episode, Mr. Fletch? Well, the very first thing I thought within seconds was, this starts out with Gulf War footage. That's actually what it says <laughs> in my notes. Yeah, I thought it looked like the Terminator, but I think that's actually a better description. Specifically, if, and I know some of our listeners are not going to be old enough to remember this, the first Gulf War had a lot of different coverage from what you expect now in that a lot of people sent out the you know the start of the 24-hour news networks sent people over there they would be showing footage live which meant it was nighttime for us so you just get a lot of silent night vision footage of explosions in the distance with green bombs 
And guess what? This episode even starts with green explosions in the distance. Yes, it does. Yeah, it looks like a mashup between Golf War news footage and, like, a Godzilla movie. That's true. Yeah, when when everyone's running through the streets, it's way more Godzilla than Gulf War. Yes, I think, uh, thankfully, the Gulf War footage mostly spared us of that. Uh, Well. It was very detached. Yes, definitely. Um, Yes. Uh, So... Uh, the what the first comment I had after that was just that I don't understand why Cameramon needs to have hair and why it needs to be from an entirely separate Digimon than any of the other pieces. I think the thing that got me is why does it have two sets of wings? Yeah, I don't know that either. And why it needs an arm from each different creature when it has legs from the same creature. Yeah, everybody knows you get more points for aesthetics if it's symmetrical, not uh, multi-limbed, I guess. Yeah, definitely. This kind of looks like um, someone was dropping a bunch of toys and then realized they had to put it back together and just randomly assorted them. Not yeah, it looks like a really bad kit-bashed uh, model kit. Yes, that's what I was going for. I don't know anything about those. (laughs) Can I ask you a quick question? No. How long has he had the asteroid M? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, They never really talked about his base before. They did have an episode where it was like hidden inside of something and then it was gone the next day. So has it always been able to fly? I guess so. Yes. As far as we have been told about it. Um, because Yoli guessed that it was in the sky, and that was correct. So the other thing is his floating asteroid that's only 10 feet off the ground. (laughs) Seriously, it's barely... They're freaking scraping the earth in some shots. Yeah, Um, it looks like a balloon that's kind of lost all the helium. It's on, like, day five after the party, and it's just kind of there. It, it's hovering a little above the ground, but you know it's hard to isn't in it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the inside looks like the Death Star. The outside well, looks like some sort of modern, you know, uh, Soviet concrete structure. The core looks like the Death Star, especially the big shaft down the middle. Yes. But mm-hmm. then there's all the weird rocky bits that seem like they're a James Bond villain's base or a warehouse. Seriously, why are there crates in the one room? Yeah, I don't really get that either. I was wondering about that. Like, most of the rooms are completely empty, and then it's like, some crates. It's a very bizarre thing. Uh, The other thing is, so is this how he's been planting the obelisks the whole time? Because we see him just dropping a line of them. It's kind of a mystery. They just show up. They seem to have been constructed, the rest of them, and now he's just, like, laying them down in rows. I'm not really sure why. He's just ramped up the whole process, I guess. It literally makes this into an entirely different 80s cartoon Bondi had to do with, which, hey, I'm going to bet that you will not know this one. Ever hear of a show called Spiral Zone? No, I have not. So the the short version of it is that 
a mad scientist deploys these towers all over the world. He spot he just fires them out, six things drop them, and they put out poison clouds that control the people within, turn them into his slaves, etc. Slow mutation thing. And there's just this big black spiral on the earth where the things spun around and covered every landmass they could. And the whole show is everyone fighting a war against this guy with commandos in suits that can safely go into this stuff. Counterattacks by the scientists trying to one-up their tech, etc. And it's pretty much this, especially when he starts having an asteroid lay out all the obelisks in a row wherever he drives. And I want to say Bondi was responsible for it because they did the Japanese half of it with the toys. Well, okay, but like, what was what was he doing it for? Uh, he was trying to get control of the whole planet, but he got stopped halfway, and so the rest of the series, which went on longer than you'd think for being entirely forgotten... There was a lot of back and forth, like, occasionally they would take out some of the towers and cause gaps in his control, he would plant new ones. I know there was a recurring plot where one of the main characters, his family was inside one of the zones, and that got him a little reckless. If you ever saw some of the later show action shows like Exo Squad or things that tried to be more plot-heavy, this was sort of the precursor to that. Ah, uh, I see. Interesting. But yeah, that's that's straight up what I get, especially with him leaving dark clouds and towers everywhere. Yeah, it sort of looks like um, he's put them all like on a line and he's just making circles around places instead of just having one tower in each city. To be fair, that's probably smarter than all of his strategy thus far. Too bad he's having a crazy Cyclopean PTSD breakdown. Yeah... Those mushrooms that he picked, maybe not so good. Uh, I dug the maniacal laughter in the dub. That that was a very good someone who's about to go off the edge laugh. Yes, yes, I agree. The, oh, the I, I'm other... just going to say, Crazy Ken was better in the dub. <laughs> That's fair. I think he does a good job. Although I wonder how much of that is cultural. Like, maybe someone from Japan would think that the Japanese version was more realistic. That's true, but I've also heard Japanese VAs do cackling madness before, so I think that one's kind of universal. Well, that's good to know that crazy is crazy no matter where you go. Well, at least a certain degree of crazy. I mean, this is partly my degree. Let me tell you about cross-cultural psychology, which is an <laughs> actual field. Or, or not, it's it's a long story, but basically it's just there's a lot of stuff that you have to uh, consider based on the society someone is in rather than standard medical definition. Right, which is finally getting acknowledged in the DSM, the last DSM. Yep. I wonder, uh, actually, if since he is in the DigiWorld part-time, would his madness look different than if he had lived only in the real world? Are there any psychologist Digimon? Ooh, that's a very good question. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that they should get back to us with our listeners. I agree. Yeah, I actually I wrote down that Wormmon really needs some mental health first aid training because he does not know how to handle someone who is going into psychosis. Doing the best. That's he true. Can. 
probably not the correct way to handle it is to um, set all their stuff on fire with the help of outsiders. <laughs> yeah, deaf. But, I mean, at least he tried? <laughs> Wormmon, he tried. <laughs> I also um, had one other comment on the... Um, I don't know, his fortress, I guess is what we're going to call it. But the entrance was an unguarded open door. And just one. There were a lot of little rock ledges on the side, but only one had a door. Right. Is he, like, thinking that people won't be able to get in there because they don't fly? Because he knows that they have flying Digimon. And he should probably not be ten feet above the ground if he doesn't want anyone to get into it. Also this. Yeah, clearly, like, his psychosis has gotten to the point where he's unable to, you know, finish logical thought sequences, and he's just reacting to the stimuli he's experiencing. Yeah, uh, when he's not delivering one-liners, and the dub has some good ones, he's just kind of cackling and saying, I don't care! <laughs> the music in the sub, though, is much cooler. That's true. There was some very good... I actually really love the theme of this horrible fortress. Yeah, it was great. Nanda! So, I have a question for you, because the way they get on is to light an oil pipeline in the field which is a thing, open it up so it shoots a geyser of oil up, and ignite it so it catches an asteroid on fire. I have a lot of questions about this. Let's just, let's just try and break this down one by one. A, does the digital world rely on oil to the degree that we just caused an energy crisis? Are, am I answering these one by one? Like, if you know anything, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you know something more here. Ah, uh, the only thing I know is that a couple episodes ago, um, they had an episode in an oil rig. And okay. they fucked it up. And so I, it seemed from the shots, the background shots, that this pipeline was coming from that oil rig. So I don't know if that's Ken's addition, that he was like, ooh, you know what would be great? Oil. Which maybe this is some, like, giant metaphor about how oil is bad for the environment. And, like, people who pull oil out of the ocean are bad people. So does that make the dark ocean just polluted? Is that yeah. why it's evil? Because no one uh, capped an oil well? Yeah, maybe that's what happened. I have no idea. All yeah, right. I, I don't think that's we've canon. seen that happening before. Uh, second question. How did we set a rock on fire so badly? Because the outside of this place is burning. Everything inside is fine. Right. And the outside looks like concrete, which traditionally does not set on fire. Or maybe like asbestos at the worst. But also, again, fire retardant. Not not optimal what? fire setting material. Boy, I'm really trying not to think of what digi-asbestos would do to your DNA. Ugh. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Cancers you never imagined. And my third question, who is the Digital World Construction Code Authority? Because they refer to <laughs> sprinklers or a fire extinguisher in each version of this. 
Yeah, I was also wondering this. Like, where the fuck is OSHA? This seems like a terrible idea, the whole thing. Everything about this place is baffling to me, and maybe this is why a 30-something man should not be watching a children's (laughs) cartoon. (laughs) I I think it makes it better. (laughs) It's it's definitely a lot of questions out of one 15-second scene. (laughs) Yes. No, I was actually wondering if um, it the outside of it was made out of dryer lint or something. <laughs> that would explain a lot about this place. Yes. Maybe he was worried about the insulation because he's floating through the sky and it's cold. Uh, that would do it. And that would also explain why the fact that it's so sparse other than one or two rooms. Right. I mean, he should really, like, hire an interior decorator if you're going to be in this place all the time. Here's the problem, though. We've already seen what his sense of design is from Chimera Mont. Can you imagine the orders he would give an interior decorator? And this room needs to be black, like my soul. But that one needs to be pink and tender, like my heart. <laughs> yeah, basically. And this will be the cage for Wormmon. Yeah, Gatsby would have nothing on him, I think, at that point. Oh, man. The Digi Gatsby? The Digi Gatsby. The Great Digi? I don't know. There's a pun here. I can't make it work yet. (laughs) I think we know what the episode title is, though. Yep, there we go. Found it. So the the plan is Davis completely charges in recklessly and leads them on, uh, first leaping onto the place without any hesitation, so everyone has to follow. And then Ken is watching the whole time, and he's spouting off some good one-liners here in the dub. Uh, I like, how convenient. I can finish them off without leaving home. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Although he then does not do that because he realizes that they are actually human children, which is interesting. Yeah, well, he only realizes it after he sees his pet completely wreck them and everyone devolves. Yes, and then he recognizes them from the soccer match. What? Digimon in the other world? Wait a second, there's only three of those. Or something. I don't. It's a very weird scene of recognition because you feel like if it had been other ones, he would have been totally cool just like, nah, kill him. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, in the scene, in that episode that they're flashing back to, it seemed like he recognized them because then they have a fight. I don't remember if you remember this, either Fletch mm-hmm. or the listeners, but they, they have a fight and... They realize who Ken is, and he's kind of like, well, you're morons. I know who you are. So he knew what they were, and it's it's almost like the darkness was clouding his, you know, moral compass, and then all of a sudden, everything's fine. He figures it out. He sees through the, the dark ocean of his psychosis and then realizes he's going to be hurting real people. And just for anyone who thinks we're leaning on the mental illness thing pretty hard, uh, no, it's it's full-on psychosis. He's seeing the ground open up beneath him and threaten to swallow him with a voice. He's hearing things. He actually screams about, no whispers are going to tell me what to do or something. Mm-hmm. It's a full-on breakdown. Auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations. He also has some of the... But the, what's the delusion where you think you're the only person who's there? Solipsistic, I think you're thinking of? Yeah, yes, 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 solipsistic, yeah. He, he seems to think he's the only real person. It's kind of wild. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. This would be if I were more prepped for this, I would have had a whole breakdown on the sheer range of bad mental abilities that are going on here. But, you know, this episode kind of came together in a hurry. Whoops. <laughs> because Garrett is stuck doing the exercise thing still. That's why. It's okay. This will make sense later, guys. Um, <laughs> I just realized we're leaning in on that joke and half the people aren't going to know what it means yet. <laughs> Shh, it's okay, listeners. Just trust us. There's a payoff coming. Uh, another good line I wrote down from the dub is Davis referring to Chimeramon as this mix and match monster. Yeah, that was a good one. I wrote that one down too. I like that one a lot. It is Davis very doesn't stellar. usually he doesn't usually get good lines, but that was a good one. Davis isn't a clever boy, but sometimes he, you know, spits something out by accident. He's like the million monkeys on typewriters. This is true, yes. I that guess what I'm saying Hamlet. is this mix and match monster Yes. <laughs> I was gonna go That's okay. His Hamlet is better than I had. <laughs> So at this point, uh, with everyone completely wrecked, everything just goes to hell for everyone. Davis is willing to try and suicide charge past the paused Chimeramon. Everyone else is sort of like, this This is a bad idea, but we can't let him get all the... They specifically say, we can't let him get all the glory. Yeah, I was kind of like, hmm, that's what you're concerned about. Not that he might die. Fine, I understand. Oh, right. These are all children still. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Dear Lord. And then, let's see, what's the order of operations on this? Chimeramon flies off and gives Ken the finger. (laughs) Basically. The kids proceed to just kind of gawk at him and vanish from the episode. And Davis and Wormmon walk into the core of this place where a black rock turns into a golden digi-egg, blows half the place up, and evolves his buddy. Yes. Like, this is, this really as quick as it happens in the show. We're not, I'm not speeding through that. Yeah, like, they didn't even do, I, I was expecting, like, a cool Indiana Jones scene where he, like, picks up the thing and has to put something down in its place or something. But no, it literally was just like, he just wonders to himself, how am I going to pick that up? And then it just does it for him. Yeah, he goes, how will I lift this? It levitates, turns golden, and explodes the room they're in. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Which also, poor Wormmon, like that was, that Digi-Egg was sitting there the entire time and Ken may or may not know that that's what it is and never used it on you. I mean, like, harsh. I don't think Wormmon knew what it was because at least in the dub he goes, "What? You can do that when is when the guy evolves." Ah, uh, yes, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's um, it's another one of those maybe it's a dub only thing, but There's a lot of that actually. Kind of the canon between the two separates at times. It's interesting. Oh, that was a thing I was actually thinking about watching this. So, have you seen try or some of the new stuff with these characters no (laughs) crap because i was hoping you could answer a question of whether they continue translating lines or some of the attacks as pepper breath instead of tiny flame or whatever ah yes i have no idea we'll have to ask garrett when he is done (laughs) there we go i'll i'll get him on mic later 
For what it is worth, I did ask Garrett about this later, and here was his reply. Yes! <laughs> oh, there were two things I liked in the dub that we didn't mention. Um, when mm. Davis goes off on his suicide mission, possible suicide mission, Chibumon is grabbing his hair and he says, That's not a safety belt, that's my hair! Which I don't know why, but that tickled me. It's a reverse ratatouille. Yeah, exactly. Although I don't know if uh, Davis is controlling him with his hair. You know, I think that's how all the leads work. That's why they have the same hair and goggles. That must be what it is. I think you've solved it. This is canon now. (laughs) Uh, That does remind me of one other bit in my notes here. In the back half of the episode in the dub, they get real sloppy with the editing and random Mm. frames start flipping through while Ken is breaking down at the end. Yeah, I didn't know if that was on purpose, if it was supposed to be part of his experience, or... No, it's it's definitely sloppy editing, because I watched uh, dub, then sub, and that was not in the subtitled version. It's just yeah. a bad cut. Interesting. The other piece I liked from the dub that was not in the sub was that when Digmon shoots out his drill from his nose he says something afterward and his voice changes like someone was holding their nose adorable that is actually a good that's what that was there was something about that delivery that was a little weird to me and i couldn't put my finger on it i wasn't as used to the character thank you you're welcome. Yeah, they don't... Because I, I noticed that because I was sitting there going, his face is weird right now. What is happening here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He shot the um, drill out of his nose. And I'm not entirely clear on whether it boomerangs back to him or if he just keeps regrowing drill noses and fingers. You know, I think either way, the correct answer to does that hurt is Yes. Ah. I was going to say, as our uh, resident body horror expert, that seems like your department. Oh, God, that's right. So, have you seen, I think I needed to ask you about this, Tetsuo the Iron Man? No, I don't believe I have. What is that? Maybe do that before the next time I come on. It's an old 80s bit of Japanese sci-fi, and it's fantastic. And the sequel to it has one of my favorite subtitles in all of movies. Tetsuo 2, Body Hammer. (laughs) It rules. Basically, I want you to imagine what a Japanese videodrome would look like. Mm, Okay. One of the main characters is just referred to as the machine fetishist. I'm going... I'm just saying that... Given that we are coming up on October, which is when this podcast allows me to do things, maybe get ready. (laughs) Okay, not a problem. In exchange, if you have not already, and I'm going to butcher this, but you should uh, read and or I think you can watch Saikano, The Last Love Song. I will write this in my notes right now. And now I have it, so I will do that beforehand. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to have a really fun Halloween episode. <laughs> Kitties! <laughs> it's perfect. Ah, Halloween is on the 30... Uh, is on the 31st. Yes, yes, it is, actually. <laughs> <Thanks for that. laughs> Halloween is on the 31st. People die it's when they the... are killed. 
<laughs> it's on a Wednesday is what I was trying to say. So we'll come out the day before that. Oh, perfect. That means that some people are going to listen to that episode on Halloween. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, I will edit that one, too. I have the perfect theme song for it. Oh, excellent. Do we have anything more on O2? I do. I do. Um, I have a couple things. One, Ty says uh, in the sub, I believe, they talk about... TK and the others, and then in both the dub and the sub, Ty talks about Davis and the others, not his sister Kari and the others. And I wonder what you, as a psychology person, think that that means about the way Ty sees his sister. Well, I can read that two ways. One is the digi-incest theory from way back. Ooh. And that would be overcompensating for that. No, no, I'm not I'm not worried about my sister. What about the person who's really close to my sister? Uh, the other would be, he does mention her offhand, because I do recall that from the scene, but yes. you could also read it as, he just thinks his sister is competent enough, he doesn't have to worry about her, but what about this Davis dork? This is true, this is true. Because that's sort of the relationship I have with my sister. So I, I could see that. I wouldn't be going, hey, how's how's she doing? It's like, you know, how's her idiot friend? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, maybe it's just a confidence thing. He's like, this moron and the other people who will probably be fine. Exactly. Also, this golden digi egg has a symbol on it. I don't know which digi egg or like digi crust this is. Do you? That is the Digi Egg of Miracles, belonging to Davis Motomia. Oh, so it's just the golden version of the thing that he already has. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm glad that you knew that. Isn't that handy? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's interesting though that um, he, they kind of don't really exactly use it other than just to get the egg. It basically just does things on its own. He clear nobody in that room knows what is going on. How will I lift this? Oh my god, I'm super powered. Yeah, essentially. I mean, they are children, so it's kind of good that there's some other hand in making sure this actually happens. So does that mean that most well, I guess it's all programming, so this would whoever created this thing idiot proofed this system as much as possible, didn't they? Yes, although as we've seen with the um, evolution of Ty into Davis, whenever you, you know, try to idiot-proof the system, they just make a better idiot. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> At least Ty smacked of some sort of competence. <laughs> well, and more so now than he did before. So clearly he, like, grew out of his moron phase for the most part. So does that mean in future I'm going to see a Davis who, like, knows how to put his pants on? Uh, no promises. I'm just saying this kid is the Dan Quayle of Digimon. <laughs> Not the Jeb Bush? Please clap. No, uh, Jeb Bush would definitely be Wormmon and Ken. <gasps> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Jeb Bush is more sad. Dan Quayle is a very stupid, pushing forward no matter how wrong you are. I'm going to get in a fight with Murphy Brown and there's two E's in potato. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, he was... It's funny because I feel like he's been completely forgotten, more or less. No one today who was not around at the time remembers him. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's going to come back along with Murphy Brown this fall. There you go. That's a good idea. That's a real thing that's happening, and I still can't believe that. God. (sighs) They're just rebooting everything, is what they're doing. They're not rebooting everything. Kelsey Grammer's been really mad lately. Frasier isn't back. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. he is. But they haven't done Cheers. I mean, like, chronologically, they have to do Cheers first. And then they can Oh, no. Revisiting Cheers now would be the saddest thing. Because if we go back to those guys 30 years later and they're all old and still drinking heavily, holy shit. Yeah, that's a lot of pickled liver. Uh, and I think at least one of them is dead. Also, we now know as of this week that Roseanne is dead in canon. That's cool. Oh, what? Really? Is that how they solved it? Yeah, John Goodman has said uh, they're bringing the show back as the family name, not Roseanne. And John Goodman confirmed, no, Roseanne's dead. Wow. Yeah. The Tanners. Uh, yes. Um, Garrett gets mad when I get too far off topic, so we should probably go back. But thank you for letting me know, because <laughs> I had no Absolutely. idea that was um, Yeah, it, it was just an offhanded thing he mentioned in an interview. It's great. He is clearly is like, yeah, my wife's dead. I don't care. Wow. <laughs> I got a job. I mean, I would also be like, fuck the coworker who was causing all the problems and lost all of our jobs. So, yeah, that's fair. Pretty much. Let's take a hard right turn. Hard right. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) From Roseanne into Aflimon. (laughs) There you go. All right. So it's your turn. Um, Did you see? Did you hear? Do you want to tell me what happened in this episode? How about I tell you what the episode is first? Oh, yeah. That's a good plan. Because on February 18th, 2017... Goodbye Asatora, Dreammon's Nightmare, or Sayonara Asatora, Dorimon no Akumu, aired. I was going to say, I feel like Sayonara Asatora is actually really much cuter than Goodbye Astra. Like, it has more of a ring to it. Well, you know, that's what happens when you have very literal translations on a wiki somewhere. So, the quick summary here is that... Young Astra is torn between the worlds of being a YouTube superstar and the tradition of Japan. Going back 400 years, his father has been the final line of a tea ceremony house, and now Astra must go to a monastery for two years and shave his head so he too can continue the family business. And the whole episode is him dealing with a relaxation program i guess who is trying to help him decide about this in a sort of sinister way oh and also all of japan's medical information is controlled by one program that's gone viral and it's killing people so thankfully it turns out that the relaxation program really likes astra and his solution of i'm gonna go the middle route which is good because it lets him turn into an ultimate and wreck medicine. <laughs> and there we go. Perfect. I, I didn't time like myself on of, that one. I didn't time you either, actually. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back in the edit and add in that 
Rokajiroku. Seconds long. Yes. I, uh, I thought you were done after your first, you were just like, Astra is trying to figure out his life, and that was it. So I was like, oh, he's done. No, because I kind of liked that they made it seem, at least at first, like the, the dream program was the threat. But no. It's just yeah, a very... cool. Wait! That answers our earlier question. The dream program is the Digimon therapist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Although yeah. it's more like an acid trip than a therapist, but sometimes that does the job, so... Well, it was trying to help him figure out, hey, what do you want out of life? You know, what what do you think if you the scales fall down? And he went, both. I want to do both things. Yes, that uh, app is probably expensive because it actually does something. Yeah, I was actually, I was trying to read and I didn't see a price on the fake app store screen they showed, but I was kind of curious about, hey, how much does this cost? For that matter, how much money is that kid making as a YouTube superstar? I have no idea. They don't. They really live in a friggin' it. temple, so they're. Cl- but I don't know how much of that is dad's business and how much of that is, you know, I'm an idiot recording myself. Uh, well, it seems like it's his dad's money, um, and he does the YouTuber thing as a sort of part-time gig. That's true. He does say he wants to be the best. There were parts in this where I was trying to draw the line between, wait, is this a dream sequence? Yes, only because of the fact that it has scorched the earth. Uh, yes. <laughs> they made it a little hard to tell at parts. Yeah, it, which is kind of cool. It's, there's actually been a couple times where they did that, where it was hard to tell, like, are they in the AR field? Are they in reality? You know, is this a dream? Is this something that they're doing to them? And I, I kind of like that. So can we talk about the best character in Atmon? <laughs> Which one's the best character in Atmon, Fletch? It's Jenny. Yeah, who calls their mom by their first name? That's a little unusual for Japan, I think. That's the, the best part of that is I absolutely would have sworn, oh, this is my stepmom. But it's like, nope, this is mm-hmm. clearly his mother. They lay it out. And I don't know if this is something that was in the original dialogue or something the fan subbers ended. Did you also notice the weird scare quotes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's talking about his dick, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she she like, says mm. she was in London, met Astra's father, and this is how it says, his T, and T is in quotes, attracted me to him instantly. Yes. They fucked. They fucked and Astra came around and that the, that boy was born in London. Or at least conceived there. I was going to say, I don't know if how long it took them <laughs> to come back to Japan. But yeah, she follows him back, which like sort of makes a lot of sense with Astra's um, issues with like impulse control. Also, it just occurred to me, she's American, they say. Yes. He's Japanese. They met in London. There's a whole story we're not getting about this family. <laughs> yeah, why was why were either of them in London? A Zen tea master went over to London, and this American woman we know nothing about other than she's clearly thirsty for it, and they <laughs> just had a whirlwind romance. Whoa, that just clicked for me. 
Yeah, and they have one kid. So either they're practicing really good birth control or it was like no. one and done. They're clearly they're on that sting tantric shit. That's why they were in London. <laughs> That's actually uh I'll accept that as headcanon. All right. So now we know Astra's family knows how to give the long dick. Super awkward uh, rule 34 here, so let's not talk about that. I'm not on my computer, and that's the only reason I'm not going to type that in. (laughs) Um, I'm not Googling porn on your computer, honey. You're welcome. There, so I the one other thing though is like Dreammon app is like really excited that he chose not to choose between the two that he realized he wanted both, but then this moron lets go of the scales to do his little hand sign thing with Musamon. Yeah, it is a pretty amazing off. scene because Dreammon puts him into a coma in the middle of the day when he's looking for his <laughs> father who is missing. So let's. Let's back up a little, because we, we got excited with Jenny, and by we, I mean I. So, they make it seem like maybe Dreammon is the villain of this episode, because he's supposed to help the kid relax, and he just has nightmares all night about having to decide between his friends or his family business. And so we wake up, and all of a sudden, his dad is missing, and it's at this point we discover all of medicine in Japan is controlled by one app— it's just called Medicmon Controls. These are all things we see. Con- everything about a surgeon's theater, Ugh. medical records, apps for exercise, and I think there was another one in there. Just, like, this dude has killed people. Yeah, clearly. And has no remorse and just thinks he's shuffling it up or whatever. He's, like, totally fine with this. Oh, yeah, and he he shows nothing when he's done. The only thing he says when they fix him at the end is, God, this feels as good as a fresh white coat. That's it. Yes, yes. Uh, I happen to have started watching Winona Earp this last week, and there's an episode where one of the revenants um, is a serial killer who likes to cut people up, Um. And there's another character, I won't ruin it in case people haven't seen it, but um, who's, like, this person is, like, pretending to be a doctor. And <laughs> and I was thinking that, that this, like, is the embodiment of this app that just, like, does not give a flying fuck about, you know, killing people and whatever and just wants to be in medicine. It's like, mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good summary of what we have there. Yes. I will say the Medicmon design is pretty neat because it is old school hospital equipment that just has a robot head attached. Yeah, that was adorable. <laughs> I was like, good character Because he's, t- he's a tiny heart monitor, his fists are connected off of that body, and then he's just got a little stethoscope head. I wonder if that means this whole thing where um, Medicmon controls everything, if they think that this is set in a world where... Um, corporations have kind of taken over all of the public functions of the government. I think we could probably imply that from some of these guys in the series. 
Because while there are some apps like, hey, here's here's video games, there's still competition there, there's other stuff like, all of medicine is under one igus. Yeah, and the the timer, or like the clock app, completely destroys all of the um, the nation's ability to run the trains, and the calendar app just gets rid of days for the entire world. Like, that is some heavy-duty control that they have in an app. Oh my god, you just made me realize that the calendar thing is, we're in the chaos world of Lightning Returns. I have not seen Lightning Returns. What is that? It is the third Final Fantasy thirteen game, and this is a real part of the plot in it. Because yeah. the world is covered in chaos and is about to end, everything is broken. The whole of reality has condensed into one continent. Waves of chaos are licking at things. Everything is going to end. People are functionally immortal and sterile. They can still die by violence, but that's it. And reality is coming to a crash. And at one point, they just quietly drop with no explanation whatsoever. Yeah, days used to be 13... uh, The clock used to run 13 hours, and then suddenly it became 12 out of nowhere. It's like, what? (laughs) And you just made me realize, oh... This world makes a lot more sense if everything is just part of the end of time. Well, there you go. Yeah, this would be really interesting if it was like people's kind of delusions as the world dissolves around them. That would also explain why we don't ever see like horrible catastrophe from trains running out of control or medical records going nuts. It's just like, no, everyone's immortal. They're just being toyed with by a cruel, unfeeling machine god. Have you ever read uh, Philip K. Dick's book, uh, Ubik? Yes! Yeah, it has that same kind of feel where things don't just quite make sense and stuff happens. It doesn't, doesn't follow through and goes back and forth. Atmon does feel like a very PDK series, actually. Yeah, it really... I mean, for children, but like... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is... You know, the AR field does kind of look like that lovely rotoscoping style they used for the Scanner Darkly movie. Yeah, it does. That's interesting. I wonder if that was an influence for them. We are really overthinking. This is why Garrett needs to not leave the two of us unchaperoned. <laughs> well, if <laughs> he wasn't, you know, if Medicmon hadn't infected his uh, exercise app, we wouldn't have this problem. Ah, well. It's okay, he's going to be super swollen, like, push a continent apart to keep this from happening again when we're done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you and I live in the same state, so that would be a little terrifying, but yes. It's cool, they're trying to break it up when everything gets done anyway. This is true, yes. Um, The other thing, so, full confession, I did not see the episode last week because I was traveling, um, mm-hmm. And actually, so was Garrett. So we had lovely guest hosts on last week. Thank you, Rachel and Chris, um, when you get to this episode. Uh, <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> um, but I went and at least read the synopsis for last week, and I don't see Eri getting her partner. So we had Haru get his partner for Gachman, and now we have um, Astra getting his partner for Musamon. 
But Aerie doesn't, which is kind of bullshit. Does she just not get one period, or? Um, I... Yes, she does, actually. Um, spoilers. But the thing is that it's out of order, because I I believe Aerie was the second one, and Astra was the third, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, now I'm just going to see when she shows up. Because I'm curious and I'm willing to look ahead. This wiki makes absolutely no sense and apparently... What? Huh? Yeah. Aerie came in in episode 5 and Astra came in in episode 7. So Aerie should have gotten her partner first. And Garrett uh, made a good point when some other things happened. That they kind of treat her like a second class citizen. Um, they switch the ending credits. I don't know if you saw them, but now, or if you'd seen them before, rather. I did watch but, them. Yeah, it's like a music video, more or less, with just shots of airy cheesecake, kind of. And so she's kind of seems to be just on board for that to a certain degree. Because even in her episode where she finally, like, gets uh, to use Dokemon, she's not really the heroine of that story the boys take it over and then they take the chip from her there is nothing about her on this wiki beyond her opening episode woof yeah yeah this wiki sucks Uh, she is a good character uh not my favorite garrett's favorite i think might be garrett's waifu i'm not sure definitely she's not getting a fair shot so that's some sexist bullshit Speaking of Garrett's waifu, shall <laughs> we talk about that ultimate? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So when Astra manages to win over Dream Mon, he goes, All right, I'm going to join you because you need an ultimate. And as a result, Dream Mon and Mediamon fuse to become Entermon. Or as I look at them, this is totally Octavia from Warframe. <laughs> it's a crazy battle DJ. Which is an awesome concept, honestly. It's a very fun uh, frame to play as in that game because all of your. You have a sequencer for that character you can create music to. Oh, wow. And That's cool. If you are matching different parts of the beat, it's different buffs. But it also means that if you want to min max you can set it to be blaring on all things at every level of the tracker, and so just every movement you make will keep the beat. Huh. So if you want to fly around like you are having a seizure, which is a thing you do often in Warframe, (laughs) suddenly, depending on when you are landing, attacking, or jumping, you are boosting your attack, defense, or just, you know, everyone around you with a huge amount of energy. That's basically Entermon, except, Hmm. like, as a space ninja. Which, to be fair, this design kind of is with the headband. I wouldn't know because I haven't seen pictures. We should put them in the notes. I can do that. Because since this is a me episode and not a Garrett episode, it means I'm doing the notes and he's going to paste them without looking at any of this. (laughs) You're all welcome, folks. I was going to say, don't abuse that privilege. (laughs) I haven't yet. Uh, I like how even you put yet. <laughs> I, I've edited more episodes of this show than people realize. 
Well, you've certainly edited more than me. There you go. That's teamwork. It makes the dream work. <laughs> TM. <laughs> I'm sure that's someone's slogan. I forget. Did you have anything else to say about this episode? No, this is pretty fun because I actually like the fact that we had a fake out on the villain and also the horrible corporate dystopia that the Medicmon implies. Seriously, I just can't... I could believe medical records and hospital equipment were under one thing. All of the exercise apps and self-help stuff being under the same Aegis is woof. It makes me wonder if Medicmon was originally owned by, like, an insurance company. Because when I um, worked at my last job, we had a program through the insurance where it would track your weight. And if you lost weight, you would gain, like, they would take money off of how much it cost you for things with your insurance or you got credit or I don't remember exactly how it worked. But so what if Medicmon is like a kind of gargantuan, you know, overgrown insurance company application and no, everybody's using it, which might imply that it was like the national healthcare thing. That makes some sense actually, because yeah, this is future Japan. They do have a socialized healthcare. Okay. Okay, you might have figured out at least the non Yeah, that might that might click. Mhm. Although, I think technically this is set in 2017. They keep saying the number 2045, but 2045 is when the AI is like scheduled to take over basically, so that's the amount of yeah, time. Yeah, I did they see that left. in the opening. Mhm. Let's see. Um so, but I think this is an alternative universe 2017 because clearly uh, it's now 20, almost 2019 and we still don't have, you know, airfields and Aplamon and some other things that we see in the show. Um, Let's see. It does not say anywhere that I can scan easily what time this takes place. And so, yeah, let's just go with present day, present time. And you don't seem to understand. Yeah, I think we have had this discussion before, and Garrett, like, looked it up somewhere, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I just wanted to see if there was something quick since I have a tab open. Fair enough. Oh, no, what? Hmm? Oof. Well, uh... Oh, that's an entirely different series. Okay, I guess there's a character who has the same name as one of these who is going to start hunting uh, Digimon for sport. Oh. Yeah, that's a fun thing to learn accidentally. Not very nice. Ooh. They're hunting Cutemon, too, which makes it even funnier. Hmm. Funny might not be the word I would pick. <laughs> Black comedy is still comedy. Uh, this is true, yes. Do you have anything else about this episode? I don't think I do. Do you have anything that you want uh, poorly edited out with me playing loud music over it like the old days? <laughs> I don't. No, the only other thing I had to say was um, at the end of the episode, they have the like lesson thing. And it was, today's going to be another exciting day, which is not a lesson. That's like a fortune cookie. Yeah, well, Astra doesn't strike me as a particularly deep thinker. <laughs> That's fair. 
That is fair. What? No. My solution is I'm going to do both. There's there's no plan of how, but just like, I'm, I'm going to film myself making tea. Okay, sure, bro. Do you think that that's why Dream Mon picked him? Because he's a dreamer? Thinks he that could be. Dream Mon might also just be like me and want to watch a train wreck. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. All right. All right, kid, let's watch this. Yeah, that would be interesting. We'll have to see what happens. And I, you know, there were some earlier things where there was Record Mon who was with him, and I don't see Record Mon anymore. He just fell off the face of the planet. That's true. Oh, I guess we should also probably mention Dream Mon as one of the seven codes. Oh, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That'll come up at some point. Do you have a theory about what the connection is between the seven code? I'm going to guess things that really shouldn't have overreach, which all do, that will combine into some sort of horrible reality-warping mutant. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, because I think the ones we've seen so far, we had Mailmon, uh, Rapurimon, which is like the dungeon crawler one, Uh, we had the Trashcanmon guy, Tellermon... Kopipi mine, which is my favorite. And Medic Wait, mine. okay, hold on. There's a manga spin-off of this series where they're all in a school setting. Only the apps. Oh, that sounds adorable. The, oh my god, it's literally the thing that uh Roleplay Mon was in. This just they made a series out of I need to find this. <laughs> this owns yeah. Okay. So that's there we go. I've just revealed something horrible that I'm going to have to spend time tracking down and translating. <laughs> I'm sorry for you and your significant other. Hey honey, are you are you okay with the fact that I'm going to be importing weird manga? Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're weebs. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> Got that covered already. <laughs> yeah, we're covered. All right. Do you want me to censor you out of any audio by just like playing Charlie Brown want was over you? All right. Consider it done if you show up on mic. I don't know how much you've heard. I don't know how much will be on the recording. Well, I can hear her perfectly, so I don't know. I kind of thought you could. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're going to Charlie Brown out. All right. I think that covers us. So... If you need to get in touch with any of the hosts of any of the Riceball Network of shows, which Going Digital is a part of now that it's an actual two-show network, you can find them at Riceball underscore FM on Twitter. Oh, that's very exciting. It's true. There is actually, as of this past weekend, a new show where Garrett and two former guest hosts have decided to join him to go through the Common Rider series, starting with Decade. And by that I mean they start in Decade and immediately branch off into another one. JourneyThroughTheDecaCast.com contains all you need to start on that journey with them. You have such a good radio voice, Fletch. I love it. Everyone forgets that I have been podcasting for over a decade, even though a lot of them have vanished to the ether. I think that probably happens with podcast what did you call them at last decade (laughs) 
Uh, they were still podcasts because people actually had iPods back then. Oh, you know, that actually makes so much sense. Yeah, once upon a time, the name podcast made sense. Now they now it's a really weird anachronism because of the fact that everyone just listens on their phones. This is true. I thought it was because we were in the process of becoming pod people. Uh, I mean, we could do that. We do have that October episode coming up. <laughs> I'm absolutely down for a pod person going digital episode. Yes, I just recently watched uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, so I am ready. Which version? The old one, the really old one. Gotcha. Okay, because there have been a few, and I think the 80s version still holds up in terms of iconography, especially the ending scene. I have not seen it. I will have to watch it. If you've ever seen a screaming ginger pointing at someone, that would be from the end. Ah, yes, I have probably. Yeah, it, it makes its way around online often. Uh, so this is normally the part where Garrett says the Digivolution will... The Digivolution will cause you to run three laps around the world if you want to have dinner tonight. Oh, that's very sad. Um, this is why we don't Digivolve. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, this week's haiku is, how good can tea be? Don't think about it too hard. That's just TMI. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. And then Garrett says... And stop. <laughs> well, usually we say goodbye first, but I'm fine if we don't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whoops. Well, that's okay. I'll hit stop also.